You're listening to Car Seat Questions, a podcast for parents of curious kids. I'm Lauren. And I'm Eddie. And if you're anything like us, you either have a kid or you care for a kid with questions. Questions about all sorts of things. So for the next half hour, hop into the passenger seat, buckle your belt, and become childlike with us as the Lord takes us where he wants us to go. Enjoy the show. Jamie, thank you for being with us today. If you could just share with us a little bit about yourself, who you are, how you know Moody, all that kind of stuff. Sure thing. Well, my name is Jamie Erickson, and I am um, the wife of my college sweetheart. We're going on 21 years. Uh, We have five kids. I used to be a a teacher in the classroom years and years ago, but when I had my first baby, I decided to bring the learning home. And so mostly by day, I homeschool our brood. My first graduated a few years ago. I've still got four boys at home. I'm grossly outnumbered, but um, (laughs) I do write for Moody Publishers. I've published two books with them, and I'm just really fortunate and I'm very grateful to be here with you today chatting about some big things with little ears. Yeah, that's great. So we're going to talk today about personal conviction. And I think you also call it Christian liberty, which is also a great term that really helped me kind of think about it in a different form. And so as we were talking and thinking about this subject, one thing that came to mind, we were just like brainstorming like, okay, so what are things that are like personal conviction, you know, per family? And so things that came to mind were like Halloween, Harry Potter, Mm. (laughs) you know, whether you want to homeschool, whether you want to go to public school, just those kind of topics. And so for me, I was thinking, I think a lot about, I still do, and I'm nearly 30 years old. I think a lot about how I wasn't allowed to celebrate Halloween. And, um, you know, my family was like, oh, it's you know, it's evil, it's wicked, it's what didn't have, it has a pagan beginnings and we don't want to take part in that. Mm-hmm. But what my parents did do was we would turn off all the lights at home and my mom would get a bunch of snacks and candy and me and my sisters and parents would watch like scary movies, you know, like kids scary movies, not like real scary movies, but kids scary movies. And we, it was just like a fun time together. And even though it felt like we were missing out on what other kids were doing, we had our own thing we had our own thing that was for us and that like I actually have really great memories of spending time watching scary movies together and not that I felt like I was missing out Eddie were you were you allowed to celebrate Halloween no so you are a step up for me I was not allowed to experience any kind of Halloween (laughs) in my home um yeah we were kind of raised in a very like strict um Christian home and Halloween was very pagan and looked down upon and not even like going to the store to get candy, let alone like going trick-or-treating in the city of Chicago. (laughs) Um, And so, uh, yeah, we were not allowed to partake. Yeah. And then I'd pose the question to you both. If you have children, you know, do you still hold to that same um, stance for Halloween that your parents did? And if not, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't think we do. I think because we mostly see it as, okay, let's walk around the neighborhood and get some candy. 
and wanted to wear like little fire truck costume. <laughs> Which he so, loved, by the way. He did. He's only two and a half. So he was like, you know, two at the time and he loved it. Um, so I don't think we do. And I don't know if that's because what Halloween is has evolved. If, if it's not become so evil and like, you know, the actual, like the tricks of Halloween, like the trick or treating mm-hmm. of it all. I'm not sure, but I don't think we feel the same. Yeah. I didn't really have any issues like thinking about yeah. going to the store and getting my costume. I mean, granted, we didn't get him like a, a skull face costume. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even then, like uh, at the daycare that he was going to, they also kind of made yeah. it like also like kind of special for the kids. And again, it wasn't like in a very like Halloween, like scary way. It was just like yeah. they kind of decorated the place where the kids can go and like get little like toys and candy from like different like places throughout the mm-hmm. building which is really cool and i i felt fine about that yeah. uh, i didn't really feel um convicted like we were doing something we weren't supposed to yeah jamie what are some other areas other than halloween because i think that's one we all know and think about and talk about what are some other areas that we can kind of take liberty in and is based upon our own personal convictions within our own families yeah, well, you touched on a few of them. I would say Halloween. I would also lump, you know, all the other sort of uh, religious holidays that have taken on perhaps a more secular bent or have secular um, symbols or traditions that are sort of wrapped up into it, like Easter, whether you celebrate the Easter Bunny or not, Christmas, whether you incorporate mm-hmm. Santa Claus into your festivities. The use of electronics in the home, Mm -hmm. especially if you have teenagers, some people feel very strongly about that and they can find proofs and evidences in scripture to back up their points and their arguments. Media standards, like what you watch in your home, what you listen to. Um, even so much as eating standards, the the clean eating versus, you know, processed foods. Um, I think in the realm of adulthood, not just with children, you know, alcohol versus abstinence, mm-hmm. yep. contraception and family planning, even something like a retirement plan, whether you're going to save yeah. for retirement or just, you know, blindly trust that the Lord will take care of you. And I think what what we're really talking about here, you know, you use the word Christian liberty, which is, is kind of how I frame it. I think it's important to define terms. You'll hear this in conversation um, defined many different ways. You know, people talk about Christian liberties. They talk about freedom issues. Sometimes they're called secondary issues versus primary issues. And I think the real difference is, you know, when you think about uh, primary issues, you're really talking about Christian doctrine and and salvation-oriented things, what it means to be in Christ. So some of those primary issues would be like, is salvation by faith alone? Right. Was there a virgin birth? Uh, you know, the sinless nature of Christ, his lordship over creation, um, his bodily death, his resurrection and his ascension. Those are things that we really can't um, mince words about in the Christian faith. They are part and parcel for being in Christ. And if you don't align with those things, well, then you probably don't align with Christianity which, because those are primary issues. The secondary issues really come from, um, well, they come from a couple of different places. Namely, oftentimes they're mentioned in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily referred to in the New Testament. You know, you're not going to find Halloween, (laughs) the word Halloween in the New Testament. Um, Certainly scripture addresses the idea of, you know, some of those pagan elements that, that, you know, Halloween evolved from and 
there's some verses in scripture that talk about, you know, witches and um, sorcery and that type of thing. And so that's where those who abstain from Halloween would get get those thoughts from. So a lot of times these secondary issues come from mentions in the Old Testament, but uh, the New Testament is silent on those issues. Um, a lot of times they come from just personal struggles that a person is dealing with and they recognize, you know, I really struggle in this area. So I'm going to take a hard and fast stance yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, but we also have to remember that not everybody struggles in that yeah. area. Mm-hmm. And then I think thirdly, some personal conviction areas come just by um, somebody's past history with something. Um you know, we all we all have our own past histories. We have um, feeling strong feelings about certain things. You might have strong feelings about things that I don't have. And so, I think personal convictions, these Christian liberties, these freedom issues, come from a d- lot of different places. So you can look at that lengthy list that I gave you about you know popular personal convictions, Halloween and alcohol versus abstinence. And you can see where each one of those three areas of personal conviction, you know, that's. That's kind of like the timeline or the chronology of how people get to those decisions. They had a, a struggle or a past history, or they, you know, see the Old Testament as, um, as as something to still be followed. Some of those, yeah. some of those um, laws in the Old Testament. Yeah. Have you? I'm sure you have because you have older children. But how have you talked with your children about? why your family does one thing and maybe their church friends or their school friends do something else. Do you have like a short, a story you could share with us about that? Well, it's interesting that you should start with Halloween because that is a kind of a a hot topic of conversation (laughs) every year within our home. And I think part of the reason that is, is because our stance on Halloween, uh, and I say our, my husband and I's stance on Halloween has evolved over the years. We both, like you, grew up in homes where there was absolute abstinence from Halloween. In fact, I would say we kind of, um, stuck our heads in the sand. We turned off all the lights and yeah. we weren't allowed to answer the door. We didn't watch any movies on Halloween. Yeah. We just like <laughs> pretended, you know, put the blinders on, pretended the stain does not exist. And that was sort of um, the way our parents handled it. And I say all that to say, you know, we don't regret the way our parents handled it. That was their personal conviction about how they wanted to treat the day. We certainly were not, you know, we didn't suffer for it. In in other words, what we didn't know, we didn't miss. But then we became adults. And so the decision to either skip or celebrate fell to us. And when we first had our, our only child, we kind of reacted in, in a similar way to you. We thought, well, we're not going to do like the witches and the goblins and like the scream masks. That, that stuff, seems like yeah. a given. <laughs> um, scary things. But we didn't see anything wrong with like, you know, I love to sew. So I would make her homemade costumes. Yeah. One year she was, her and my son were on the front page of the town paper because they were a little Miss Muffet and the spider and they were so oh. cute <laughs> saying the little nursery rhyme. Anyway, that to us, that didn't, it didn't matter. We didn't have any real strong convictions about it. They were just going around to friends and neighbors' houses, getting candy. But as my daughter got older, she actually started asking some why questions about Halloween. She kind of wanted to know, where did it come from? Why do we do this? It's kind of random that on this day alone, we throw on a suit and we go around asking total strangers Mm -hmm. for free handouts. And so we continued to give her answers. And like a lot of, you know, preschool, kindergarten age kids, she threw back another why. And so we really dug into the history of 
Halloween and began to feel convicted about some of the things because we didn't really have a great reason for doing it other than throwing on a costume and collecting candy, which, you know, you could put a costume on any day and she could get candy from us any day. And um, so we kind of swung the pendulum a bit in that we knew that we didn't want to just bury our heads in the sand because we felt like, well, this is a day that God has made. We can redeem it for good. You know, we don't let have to let evil win here. And so what we decided to do and what we're still doing even today, you know, like, what is that, 15 years later, um, we turn on all the lights in our front porch. We put out um, pumpkins that my kids have carved. We have a huge basket of candy and then gospel themed gospel tracks because we figure our neighbors are coming to us. Um, wanting a handout, wanting right. a free gift. I can't think of a better gift to give them than the love of Jesus. Um, yeah. And as a bonus, some chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we do. And of course, because our stance on that, because our kids have seen our stance on that sort of evolve over the years because of our convictions changing about it, they have naturally come up with some questions and have wondered why. And 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 I don't want to say pushed back, not in a rebellious way, but, you know, certainly had some raised eyebrows because honestly, we can't blame them for that. Anytime you do something different, it's going to cause a raised eyebrow and my kids have eyebrows. So, you know, <laughs> I can't really expect them to respond any differently than anybody else would about the decisions that I've made. Yeah. So that's just one example. Um, And to your question, when I'm talking to my kids about Halloween and our convictions or really anything that that would be that would fall under the personal conviction category, you know, when my kids were little, I used to frame it this way. Um, My youngest is is really into baseball. He's quite talented and has been playing for years and he's a pitcher. Now, if you know anything about baseball, you know that a pitcher has a certain job to do that other people on the team don't have. And he certainly doesn't have the same job as say the catcher or the shortstop or the outfielder. Everybody has a job to play. And because the coach knows, you know, you're, you're a pitcher. This is the job you need to do. He will give my son certain exercises that he doesn't give the other players because those players don't need those exercises. And so I would often say it's kind of like that. You know, God knows exactly what we need, exactly what you need, exactly what we as a family need. And our needs and our jobs now and someday are different than other families' jobs and needs of someday and even right now. And so God, in his kindness to every family, prepares and equips us in ways that he knows we will need either now or someday. And that's going to look different than the equipping of other families. So for right now, he knows that we don't need to celebrate Halloween by putting on a costume because maybe that's not what we need someday. So I kind of compared it to the fact that, you know, he's he's equipping each and every family for different jobs and different roles. And, and that's going to require different convictions. You know, you can see that in scripture where, you know, he called some people to be a Nazarene, but yeah. not everybody. Right. So our jobs as parents, right, is to help our children learn how to make decisions like these for themselves. We make these decisions as families together and as we're growing up, but someday they do leave our houses and they have to learn how to make these decisions. How would you teach your children or other, even other people's children 
to make these decisions for themselves? How do you go about teaching them to make a decision that feels right for them? Um, and not to like judge others for theirs, but saying, hey, this is what feels right for me. Maybe that's not what feels right for you, but this is what I'm going to do. Right. And I think it is important to um, definitely talk to them about, you know, the fact that we don't flout mm-hmm. or flaunt our freedoms and our <laughs> yeah. convictions in front of other people. It's kind of like, you know, if if I know my friend is on a diet, I don't eat ice cream in front of her. Is yeah. ice cream bad? No, there's nothing wrong with eating ice cream. But in my love and my kindness to her, I need to do my very best to make sure that I'm eating ice cream away from her, that she doesn't have to see me doing that. Um, And so when you're talking about equipping your kids for someday, and and really that's, that's the whole goal of parenting. When they're in your house, your house is a greenhouse to help them grow strong roots um, and be ready for the elements that they will face once they're out of the greenhouse. And so that should be, you know, Con, uh, top of mind all the time. What can I do today to equip them for tomorrow? And and obviously, you know, it it's, might sound trite, but the, my number one tip is just to model it. What does it look like to walk out your personal convictions? Our kids need to see us walking humbly before others, especially other believers who maybe don't share our same convictions on secondary issues. Do they see us choosing unity? over division Mm. over these things? Um, Do they see us turning to scripture for direction and not just like haphazardly deciding, well, sure, we'll do that, you know, or are we seeking scripture? Do they see us do that? Do they see us seek the counsel of other godly believers we know that that land on both sides of the issue? Um, And do they see us prayerfully seeking the spirit and his divine leading in light of that particular issue. So modeling, first and foremost, I think around our house, especially because my kids are a little bit older, but this is something we started when they were really little, um, is some Socratic dialogue. And if you're familiar with Socratic dialogue um, or not, it's it's really just a matter of asking really great open-ended questions Mm -hmm. and then allowing your kids to answer them, but not spoon feeding the answer to them. Mm -hmm. So for instance, you know, when we're around the dinner table, my husband or I might pose a question about a a really big issue, maybe a cultural issue. Maybe it's one of these secondary issues in the faith. Maybe it's a gray area in scripture that isn't you know, really clearly defined, but people have big, strong opinions about. Um, and then we ask them a question about it. Like, how do you feel about it? What do you think about this? What do you think God thinks about this? And what leads you to believe that? Um, and then they come back with an answer. And we don't act shocked or surprised, even if we disagree yeah. with their yeah. answer. We just pose another question. We're leaving breadcrumbs for them to be able to draw them to a conclusion with scripture. And in that way, they actually own their answer. It's not just me feeding them an answer. It's not just mom's faith and mom's conviction. It's their they're being able to lean on the Holy Spirit themselves because remember, children are not given a mini Holy Spirit. They have the yeah. exact same spirit that's living yeah. in you is abiding in them if they are in Christ. So we need to trust that the Holy Spirit loves them enough to draw mm-hmm. them to good conclusions. Um, and I think, you know, I've seen it played out in my home, this this idea of 
um, modeling and and helping them to draw conclusions. Recently, my my oldest son, he's 17, um, and he has a desire to be in the military someday. Uh, he is in an organization in a, in a youth auxiliary of the military right now. And one of his authority figures um, is a transgender individual. And he noticed that some of the other, some of his other peers, specifically some of the peers he knows are, are believers, um, were reacting in a certain way to this authority figure. And he felt really convicted about like, what is my response knowing this person is an authority in my situation? Mm-hmm. Um, and I might not necessarily agree with the way they are living their their life or the choices yeah. that they're making. And so he came to us and said, uh, mom, dad, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm feeling convicted about how the current situation, what the current situation looks like and how the responses are currently. And, and we had to do these very things. We had to, um, ask him some good questions, encourage him to seek out scripture. And in the end, we, my husband and I said, son, we cannot make this decision for you. Now, mind you, he is 17. So there is a little bit different between, you know, let's say your five-year-old coming to you with a question. But I said, we're not going to make this decision for you, but we are going to pray with you and we're going to pray for you. Mm -hmm. And we're going to keep praying that the Holy Spirit would give you a peace about the decisions you've come to. One of the questions we asked him was, son, what in scripture led you to feel this way? Mm -hmm. And that forced him to to say, yeah, I actually did look this up in scripture and, and here's the, the verses that, that have led me to feel this way. And it wasn't just like a a feeling or a a thought in his head. Um, and, and I think the other thing is, um, that's important to do, especially if you have older kids is to remind them, son, you might someday land on a different decision than mom and and dad and I have, you know, going back to the Halloween issue. And when my kids, you know, ask, well, why can't we dress up? (laughs) We have to say someday, someday that decision is going to be on you and you will get to decide whether you are going to celebrate or abstain because that is the freedom that you have in Christ. And it is, we welcome your decision in that. As long as you know you have sought the Holy Spirit's guidance in that, we will stand with you, we will stand by you, and we will support you in your decision, even if it's different from ours. Because that's letting them know this is a freedom issue, and you don't necessarily have to land in the same place that mom and dad have landed someday. Yeah, I think it's interesting, even just being an adult. We're currently living with my parents, and even just like being an adult and knowing what my parents' convictions are in certain things and what our convictions are in certain things. And they're not the same in some issues. And, but they're not like, oh, you're wrong or, oh, you're, you know, teaching your son bad things or whatever. So it's like, oh, that's just different than how we did it. But you're faithfully following Christ and we trust that you are doing what you think is best, you know? And then also us having the grace back to our parents and saying, Maybe you didn't do it the way that we want to do it, but I trust and believe that you were doing what you thought was best at the time and what you believe like Christ was leading you to. And having that grace for each other, having grace for our parents, having grace for our children when they grow up and get to, you know, make their own decisions. 
Right. Because if we truly believe that it is a freedom issue and, you know, if I were to look at my friend across the street who is a believer who lands in a different place than I do, I would extend her grace and still remain friends. I wouldn't let that sever our relationship. And yet sometimes we do allow it to sever the Mm -hmm. relationship that we have with our parents or with our children because we don't treat those relationships the same. But if if they are believers, they are really my brother and sister in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I have to extend and afford them the same amount of grace that I would the neighbor across the street. Yeah. Jamie, I love the, um, how you and your husband would ask your uh, children questions because I, I don't speak for everyone, but I would say, um, for a lot of adults, our age, um, there probably wasn't a lot of space to ask questions mm-hmm. and not be, um, I don't know if judge should be the right word, but like, you know, look, uh, looked at weird by your parents for mm-hmm. asking such a bizarre question about something that you're probably curious about or have some feelings about. And I think, um, Laura and I have talked about like, that's what we, we kind of want to, um, create a space for our children to where they can come to us and ask us honest questions, um, regardless of how bizarre they are. Because honestly, like if if we're not talking to them about things, they're going to talk to others yeah. about it, whether it's their you know their friends or their community, um, or you know or kids in their school. And you know we want to at least be able to create a space at home where they can do that mm-hmm. um, with us. And so I just. I just love hearing that that's like what you are doing with your children because that's something that Lauren and I really want to uh, begin to do um, in our home. Um, just because, again, like, again, I we, I didn't really have that opportunity uh, growing up. And so um, being able to, you know, talk to our children just about like life or yeah. uh, whatever they're feeling, I think it's um, it's a really good thing. We can't see their why as a personal attack against Mm. us or the way we parent. Actually, if you look at it from the opposite perspective of they trust me enough Mm -hmm. with that why, they know that I love them enough to give them a real answer. And I think it goes back to what you were asking, Lauren, Um, when, when your kids ask you those questions like, well, why do we not celebrate Halloween, but so-and-so does or vice versa? Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's really important not to just resort to the knee jerk because I said so, you know, that's easy, but lazy parenting. You know, if you have a personal conviction about something, I would hope that it was based on something founded in scripture. Mm -hmm. So take your kids back to those verses and say, here are the verses that I came to. And actually, you know, tell them the chronology of of why you came to that decision. So in in the discussion about Halloween with my kids, we've been really honest to say, yeah, we know our convictions have changed in this issue, but that is the beauty and the grace of growing in Christ and the working out of your salvation. You're not going to be the same person you were yesterday, hopefully, Mm -hmm. that you are today (laughs) because God is always moving and working in our Mm -hmm. lives to sanctify us into that that new creation. And so um, hopefully the other piece to that is that I am using my no with consideration and care. I know 
that as a Christian parent, there are going to be a lot of no's that I have to dole out in my home because the culture at large swim, you know, I'm swimming against the tide here. And so there's going to be a lot of things that are just an automatic, I'm sorry, this is a black and white no, I have to draw a line. And because I know that as a mom, I do my utmost to give a wholehearted welcome yes to everything else because I want my kids to see I'm actually doling out my no with careful consideration. I'm using it prudently where it really matters. And therefore, I'm giving value to that no. So when I do give them a no, when I do say, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to dress up and go trick-or-treating, they understand that that just wasn't a flippant note, and they know that I've given some real careful thought to it. And while they might not still agree, they're more apt to receive that no graciously and, and obediently with a, a good attitude because they know I, I do hold my nose pretty carefully. Um, and, and I think we need to welcome their whys. We want to be the people who they come to. Yep, and if you don't have exactly. kids coming to you with a why, it's not because they don't have the whys. Mm-hmm. It's just because they're not coming to you with them. Yeah. Right. They'll find someone else to ask. Right. <laughs> what is a common misconception that you've heard or seen played out about family convictions? I think the biggest one is that a person who doesn't share the same convictions about, say, a secondary issue is living a life of sin or just lacks discernment. And I think Galatians 5 specifically speaks to this. You know, it's talking about um, the Jewish Christians who were struggling with their Gentile brothers because they were not circumcised. And Galatians says um, in chapter 5, verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I think from a non-believer or even perhaps from a believer's perspective who maybe doesn't quite understand what a Christian liberty is or Christian freedom, I think one of the misconceptions is that, you know, somebody who does have a conviction about something is, you know, holier than thou and is, you know, trying to make me feel bad. Um, I think that's really common in our culture anyway, anytime I might disagree with you. You see it as an indictment against you personally um, instead of just I disagree with that decision or that stance. Um, I I often use this analogy when it comes to sharing personal convictions or, or maybe better stated, receiving the personal convictions of others. If I were to tell you today, I'm having soup for dinner. I'm gonna make homemade soup. That's not an indictment against you if you choose to have hamburgers tonight. It just means that for now, I have uh, the time to make soup. I like soup. Maybe I have all the ingredients for soup. Maybe my kids are sick and they need some soup. There's many different factors that come into that. And me saying I'm having soup today isn't a judgment against you because you've chosen not to. But I think oftentimes when somebody says, I don't celebrate Halloween. We suddenly take this defensive posture that, oh, they're holier than thou, or they're judging me for celebrating Halloween. Nope. It was just a statement. I'm not celebrating Halloween. Mm -hmm. That's what's best for me right now in my family. Right. Exactly. And then lastly, what's one thing that you want your kids to know or all kids to know about their family convictions? I think the the main thing is that just an understanding about what freedom issues are, what personal convictions are. So they do not 
um, so they do not hold them to the same degree as some of those theological doctrinal primary mm. issues. Yes. Um, I want them to see a Christian liberty as a boundary for behavior that might maybe God puts in a particular person's life or in a particular family, maybe just for a particular season. It's not a command that applies to every Christian, but I do think when the spirit does convict you of something, it is an obedience issue. You know, and then therefore it does become potentially a sin issue. James 117 says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So it might not be a sin for you to, you know, XYZ, but if God has sincerely convicted me of it and I do it anyway, it then does become a sin issue because then it's an obedience issue. As a child, as children, I want my ch children to see that they are under the authority of me and my husband as their parents. And, and we will answer to God someday for how we raise them in light of the truth of salvation, first and foremost, those are those core doctrinal issues, but also in light of the convictions that the Spirit has laid on our hearts. And when they leave our house and are no longer under our authority, um, it'll be up to them to listen to the Spirit's leading about those freedom issues. But for now, what they need to know most is that unless we as their parents are asking them to do something that is absolutely contrary to Scripture, which hopefully that wouldn't happen, um, they're to submit to those convictions in obedience to not just us, but to God um, in their love for us and in their love for God. Um, so hopefully, the, you know, it. In a lot of ways, it does come down to obedience, but mm -hmm. the the call really is on me to not stir up my children to anger mm -hmm. in the way that I respond to their questions, yeah. in the way that I respond to the convictions and how, you know, I dig my heels in, in just like pride mm -hmm. or whatever about certain things. Um, and, and hopefully they'll see areas of conviction in their life in the same way that Jesus did when he submitted to the will of his father, even when it required him to go all the way to the cross, you know, for now you submit to these convictions because you're in our house, but someday it will be up to you. Mm -hmm. I think this is great for our kids and teaching our kids, but I also think there's a lot of things that adults can learn from this conversation too. There's so much dissension among Christians today. And especially throughout the pandemic, there was so much um, personal conviction that people thought was this is what's right and this is what's true. And it just wasn't. It was people's personal conviction. And so I think even as adults, we have a lot to learn from this conversation. Yeah. And okay. I think something something really important that you said, Jamie, was that convictions is not something that you just like kind of arrive to and yeah. like that's it. It's like constantly changing and it's constantly evolving right as you grow deeper in your walk with christ and as you are training uh your own children right on on how to do that you're you're going to see your convictions uh change again and so mm -hmm. i think that's also very important right for people to understand is that um this is like an ongoing process right, right. until until we're you know taken to glory it's just going yeah. to be something that's going to be a part of our lives forever. and to recognize that 
it's an ongoing process for every believer. And so we haven't arrived and we cannot expect to those around us to arrive. Um, And really, we're not the definers of what arrived actually looks like. Right. Yeah. So again, thank you so much, Jamie, for joining us today. Um, Again, I know there are a lot of people who are going to be listening to this. We're going to be as blessed as we were today. Um, And with all of our episodes, we like to end with a benediction. So if you would please join us in that. To him who is able to do far more than we can understand, may he give us the wisdom to raise our children to first love God above all else and love others as themselves. Go in peace. Thanks again, Jamie, for joining us. And thanks again to the listeners for joining us. Um, We will be back again next Wednesday. So be sure to follow us, like, review um, the podcast. You can follow us also on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye.